Open Books with Claire is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Welcome back to Open Books with Claire. On Open Books with Claire, we explore characters and how they drive the stories we love. I'm your host, Claire. So today I'm going to give a short spoiler-free look at Winter, but don't worry, I will also I will also look at a spoiler and more in-depth look at Winter as well. So Winter was written by Marissa Meyer. Now Marissa Meyer is a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, some interesting facts, actually. So when so Winter took Marissa Meyer two years to complete. Uh, she was struggling to write Winter, so she put it aside to write Ferris, which is um, a little novella that she has, which talks about Lavana's side of the story. So through the writing of Ferris, she was able to develop Lavana's character, and that actually added to what she wrote in Winter. Uh, so it was published in November. Um, of 2015. So it's written in a third-person point of view. There are multiple people um, who have their own chapters so that we get to see what's going on inside of their head. So this book is the fourth and final book of the Lunar Chronicles series, which means that there are are lots of things that have been revealed in the last three books. So we continue in this book to follow Cinder and her crew they're split up and they change places and they go back and forth and everything um, in trying to defeat Lavana. So there's no swears that I've found in these books. There is minimal violence and little to none graphic description. I think that this book is a wonderful book and easy for anyone to read. All right, on to the spoilers. To join me in that conversation is my sister, Sraya. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Soraya. I really love to read lots of different kinds of books and genres and stuff. And Winter was a really fantastic book. It covers like a lot of different genres that I really like, like action and some sci-fi in there, but also ties it all back to some fantasy with the storytelling, which is why I really loved Winter. It's great. Uh, so Soraya, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happens in this book? I would love to. So it, it kind of starts off with like Jason's trial on Luna and you're, and he, you're a little concerned because you're, um, because of what he says. He, he, he's selling the fact that he's a, he was a double agent when working with Cinder and, and he, and he's able to get away with just a beating. And later, Winter, Tate, uh, fakes a hallucination so she can hang out with Jason, which is her new guard, who is her new guard. Some kids in the street give her a flower crown, but Jason takes it and scares the kids because if Winter had any type of crown, Lavana might feel threatened. The Rampian crew, at this same time, the Rampian crew are waiting to help, are wanting to help, but Cinder says that they're not ready. They prep more until they find out Lavana's army uh, attacked New Beijing Palace. They fly Kai to a safe house where Kai become Kai, Kai calms Lavana to repropose and to have the ceremonies on Luna. She agrees, and Torin kill, tells Kai that Earth has begun making bombs able to destroy Luna's biodomes. While Kai and his people fly to Luna, they pick up five passengers from the American Republic that are really just Cinder, Crest, Thorn, Iko, and Wolf in disguise. Thaumaturge Amory goes to Winter's room to propose, and she refuses. Winter meets Kai and his cabinet at the docks. Lavana tells them to search the ship. The Rampian crew escapes, but they lose Crest. Winter helps her 
hide in a crate and later persuades Jason to hide her in the guards' quarters to help Cinder later. The rest of the crew travel to sector RM9, where they meet Wolf's mom, who is still alive, but his dad died in an accident. She agrees to harbor them. Jason is summoned to see Lavana. She blackmails him into killing Winter. He tells Winter to meet him at the menagerie after it closes. He gives he gives Scarlet a device for identification and asks her if she can fly a, a lunar ship, which makes her suspicious. He meets Winter and she and she knows that he was sent to kill her. And before he can kill her, she confesses her love. They kiss. Then Jason fakes Winter's killing as Cress cuts the lights. He frees Scarlet and she and Winter escape to Sector RM9. On their way, Winter has another hallucination. They were able to bond a little and you find out why Winter doesn't use her gift. Scarlet was looking for the crew as w- when Winter disappears. Scarlet turns to see Wolf grabbing Winter because she had Scarlet's hoodie. Scarlet says his name and they finally reunite and Cinder and Thorn come and they the gang is all together for the most part and they meet Winter and who who was declared dead by Lavana and her company. They go back to Wolf's mom's house. The crew then opens the device Jason gave Scarlet, and it has a message from Cress explaining wh- where she is and a new plan because she isn't there. The crew has a hard time trusting Jason, but Winter explains that he's trustworthy and they can believe what he helped them with. Chris hacks the Luna broadcast system and plays a videotaped message from Cinder announcing her as Luna's true queen and urging citizens to take up arms and join a revolution against Lavana. The message is so effective that immediately after it plays, Cinder sees citizens in the town square beating up guards. She begs them to stop and save the fight for their true enemy, Lavana. Lavana sees the footage from the town square and sends soldiers to apprehend Cinder. Soldiers arrive, kill Wolf's mother, and capture Wolf and Cinder. The others escape. Afterwards, Thorn and Iko travel to the palace to try and free Cinder and Wolf. While Scarlet and Winter go in search of Lavana's hybrid wolf army to convince them to fight against the evil queen. The two girls travel deep underground, and they find the soldiers. Um, and they have a little trouble at first, but they're able to convince them to help the soldiers... Because Winter, they were impressed by Winter's ability to not, like, her control to not use her abilities, which was harming herself for the sake of others. They agree to fight for Cinder and their freedom and remove Lavana from the throne. Winter's arrival in the soldiers' barracks alerts Lavana that she is still alive. Winter, Scarlet, and the soldiers travel from the tunnels to Lunar's Lumber Sector, to recruit people for the cause. While the soldiers train people, Winter battles with hallucinations and and her struggling mental health. Determined to kill Winter, Lavana glamours herself as Jason. She lures Winter into the woods and then changes her appearance to that of an old woman who offers the princess apple candies. Winter eats the candy, which contains an aggressive mutated form of the plague and falls deathly ill. Scarlet finds her in the woods and recognizes the plague. She takes Winter to the clinic, and the doctor puts her in a suspension tank in an attempt to slow the process of the disease. Soldiers take the tank and put it into the open so people can see their beloved princess and lay flowers around her. 
Back at the palace, Lavana is irate with Kai for bringing Cinder to Luna, but she goes forward with the wedding. Kai dreads the wedding, and while he doesn't know if Cinder is still alive, he has faith in her and her plan. So he goes through with the marriage. During the reception, Lavana brings Cinder from her dungeon for entertainment and for execution. Kai is horrified to see that Winter Cinder is captured. Lavana isn't wearing her veil. Since Cinder's cybernetics aren't affected by glamour, she records the queen's face during the confrontation. Cinder declares, declares herself the true queen of Luna and starts a fight. She escapes by jumping from the window and into the sea. So when Cinder and the rest of the crew, jump, um, most of the crew, jump out of the window, they go and kind of take a little break after, like, just kind of to regroup and they break into someone's house and stuff. And they were able to get the cure for lenomosis. And so they go to the lumber section and Jason gives Winter the cure and she's able to be healed. And then it's kind of setting up for the final battle. So during this battle, it's it's a fight of wills mostly because it's Levana's thaumaturges who trying to control the people and the soldiers and they're fighting it and and they end up hurting a lot of their own because the, of the thaumaturgist mental manipulation. But during the battle, Amory uses mental manipulation to force Winter to strangle Jason. But before she chokes him to death, she turns her own powers on Scarlet, manipulating the girl to kill Amory with a blade. After this mental breakdown, she lashes out at others and has to be kept hospitalized and in restraints afterwards. The final battle between Lavana's thaumaturges and Cinder's rebels is a bloody massacre. Thaumaturges manipulate wolf soldiers to turn on civilians and force civilians to turn on each other and themselves, many taking their own lives when the weapons they, with the weapons they, they're carrying. Lavana stabs Cinder and Cinder shoots Lavana, killing her. But while being manipulated, Thorn shoots Cress in the stomach and Cress cuts off one of his fingers in an attempt to stop him. Um, afterwards, in kind of uh, an epilogue, uh, you get to see different the different sides of the healing process after this battle. And um, there are lots of heartfelt moments after this, especially between Thorn and Cress and, and Winter and Jason, because Winter is still hospitalized and is struggling mentally with her um, mental manipulation suppression. And then Cinder has decided that she wants to turn Luna in into a democracy instead of a monarchy or like a, a republic. Yeah, that's how the book ends. It ends on a happy note. Yay. Uh, they struggled a lot during that final battle. It was it, it was a lot of fighting mentally with the thaumaturges. Uh, that's great. Um, a lot happens in that book, so there's a lot to cover, and there's so many different characters um, who have a side of the story to tell. Um, so, because the book is named Winter, let's talk about Winter and her character. Uh, so, at the beginning of the book, she um, she seems a little more timid, a little more shy. Um, I mean, she... She's okay with where she's at, I think. Um, you do see her, um, she has quite a few, uh, visions due to not using her lunar gift. 
Um, and so she starts to see things. She sees the walls, that they're bleeding, and that there are people who are coming to kill her or whatever. And um, so, like, those those really affect her life. And uh, generally, the only person who can really calm her down is Jason, um, because he knows how to calm her down. Uh, because he's been, you know, with her kind of through a lot of that. And you get to see kind of Winter develop relationships with the different characters. Um, so she helps Scarlet. Um, like Scarlet is in her menagerie, but she, she helps Scarlet and heals her and, um, and is able to help her escape. And then she helps Cress. Um, and is able to make sure that Cress is okay and not found by anyone else. And, uh, and then she's able to help, um, all the rest of the crew, right? With, um, all of their various, uh, things. Because she, you, you just get to see that she has such a kind soul, right? She's willing to help other people. She's willing to kind of do what needs to be done and... Uh, by the end of the book, you kind of see her, her mind is kind of broken, um, but they're able to fix it um, by using a device, the device that Cinder had in, the be- in, in her book to uh, suppress the lunar gift, uh, which that device helps uh, Winter and helps calm her mind kind of thing. I think it was really cool to see the way that she fights it, you know? She's fighting her own nature, like, her her own abilities is part of her, her kind's nature, but she's trying to fight it because she has had bad experiences with it in the past. And I think that really shows your sh- her strength, you know? You... She's struggling mentally, but she never breaks, except, like, at the end, she does break, but but she's struggling with this mental health that's, that's literally killing her from the inside out, you know? It's killing her relationships, it's killing her, her sanity, her clarity, you know? But she, she keeps on fighting because she feels that it's not right what she what is in her nature to do. It's in her nature to lie and manipulate to these people, you know? But she's trying to change that. Um, Who do you think developed uh, the most throughout this book? It's really hard to say. I think all of them were really changed by the end of it. You get to see so many differences in the people. Like, like if you compare, like, the thorn from the first book that and to the last book, he opens himself up again, mostly because of Cress, you know? And with Jason, at first you see him as this jerk who's who's cold and kind of mean, but you get to see a completely different side of him with Winter, which is really cool to see that um, he has some really, really, really sweet scenes with Winter and you sh- you see that he cares a lot about her. He's just sealed himself off because of these hardships of where he lives and, and what he's had to deal with. Right. Yeah, you know? definitely. 
Yeah, I think that there there was a lot of character development throughout this book, and it was um, a reasonable size length. Um, so you got to see a lot of their development. You see all of them progress um, throughout the whole series, but I feel like there was a lot of character development in this last book because they, they had to. They were all on Luna. Um, for most of them, that was a new place, and they had to figure out how they were going to defeat Levana, right? Uh, because Levana held so much power over the people. So they had to get creative and use all of their strengths and, and everything to defeat her. And so you really get to see all of them develop. Were there things that surprised you about this book? Any plot twists that you didn't see coming? I think the thing that surprised me was how well uh, Marissa was able to tie in these fairy tale elements but still keep it in the sci-fi genre you know it's just like when when winter has is poisoned like the way they 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 set her up for for display and and everything it's it's so similar to the snow white story but so different at the same time so it was kind of just surprising to read how she was going to tie in these elements, you know, or how she tied in the the foot that Cinder lost, you know, that 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 she left behind uh, during the ball, you know, it that was probably the most surprising thing. And I mean, in the end, you get to see some of the ruthlessness of these characters as well, along with their um, their perseverance of these trials. It was kind of. It was kind of surprising to see their their resilience, you know, and it was cool to see them them struggle through these trials, but still fight through them and seal themselves up to fight Levana and tyranny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was that was good, and that's one of my favorite things about uh, this series is I love the connection between the fairy tale and the sci fi. Right, like it, it just—it's very creative and well done. And I think I think that it would be kind of hard to, because you're tying together two very different things. Um, but Marissa Meyer did very well at um, at it. Um, for me personally, I really like um, the development of the relationships because everybody, you know, like Thorn and Cress, they they develop and their um, their relationship kind of gets. Um, they get, they get closer, I think. Um, and same with like Cinder and Kai and Winter and Scarlet. I mean, Scarlet and Wolf and Winter and Jason. Um, <laughs> and, and so like, it's really nice to see. And even like Aiko, she has Kinney who, well, they don't really exactly like super click. Plus Aiko's an android, but they're... But there's it, some tension there. There is. You could you could tell. Yeah, so I really liked um the relationships. I really have to agree with you like the relationships and the character developments as they broaden their horizons from Earth, you know. They just go on to Luna and they and they build their relationships together, even like not even non-romantic relationships, you know. You get to see Winter and Scarlet grow through their trials together, you know, and their struggles. And you get to see um, 
the bonds strengthen between each other because of these trials and the romantic relationships, you know, by the end of it, you're just like, yes, finally, you know, like you guys admitted feelings or like you guys finally kissed, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really cool to see relationships build and, and, and strengthen through these struggles because they had to go through, a, they went through a lot with these with this war and and this battle and this mental war and these games that Lavana played with them. Uh, so, what was your what was your favorite character so far? Well, you know, it's the end of the series, but favorite character. They were I really loved a lot of them. Um, I think if I had to narrow it down to like a top three, it would be hard. But um, I really loved Cress Thorn. Um, Winter was really good too. It was cool to see her. You just have those moments where everybody's your favorite. You're just like, I love you so much because of what you're doing. Like Jason, you're just like, you hated him at first a little bit. You're just like, you're kind of the worst and you're not very nice to them. But then in this one, you see him in a new light and you're just like, I love you, Jason. You're the best, you know, that sort of thing. But I do really love Thorn and Cress. Like their relationship together was really cool. Um, their, their connections, but yeah, the, the, I really liked those two and, but I love everybody. Like, they're just so fun. Like when Kai's like fighting Lavana in his own way in in his own individual way, that was really cool. It's cool to see him fight back in a more physical way when he stabs people, you know, like when he fights back physically. And mentally too, he fight. He tries to fight the, the mental manipulation of stuff. You just get to see everybody in a lot of cool individual ways that you didn't get to see beforehand. Especially since these chapters are, are third person, but you see like the internal thoughts of a lot of the characters, like because it switches perspectives, like thought perspectives of it all. Um, that was really cool to see the different uh, thoughts in their head, you know, because it switched around a lot more than the other ones had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of back and forth, which definitely added to the story because you got to see uh, what was happening to everyone else because they were so split up at times. Um, well, thank you for joining us today, Strat. And do you have any final thoughts? Just a recommendation that they read it and or listen to the audiobook because um, the lady who read for the Marissa's books, she was fantastic. I really actually loved the audiobooks, but this was a really great book and I, and I really loved the way that Marissa took it and she uh, morphed this story that has been used hundreds of times over. But she created something new and in- completely original that I can't believe no one like hasn't thought of it before. But it's really cool how Marissa took it and she made it her own and individual. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend this read to anybody. It was really good. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for reading along with us. You can follow Open Books with Claire on Instagram using the link in the show notes or using our handle at Open Books with Claire. 
This episode was hosted by myself, Claire Oster, and Soraya. It was edited by Alex Williams. The music we use is by Paper Planes. And Open Books with Claire is produced by Mecco Radio. And we are a proud member of the Create Vine. Bye! Mecco!